hi, I recorded my entire podcast and realized I never introduced myself. So I'm Carrie. I am a wife, a mom, and a nurse from Michigan. And I love books and TV and movies. And some of my favorite shows are NYPD Blue, ER, The Practice, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, Shameless, to name a few. I will admit that I have also seen every season of Survivor. And I'm a little ashamed about that, but to be honest, I just love the competitions and the puzzles. And I try to fast forward through all the drama. I decided to do this podcast because there weren't very many NYPD Blue podcasts. And I just thought it would be fun because I love talking about the show. So I hope you enjoy it and stick around because I'm going to have one podcast for every episode. And I am probably going to go back and do season one, even though season one was not my favorite. In fact, out of all the seasons, I liked it the least, even less than season 12. So stick around and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the 15th Precinct and NYPD Blue podcast. This is season two, episode five, Simone Says. This episode heralds the intro of Jimmy Smits, um, who was who is known for a lot of shows. Um, I mean, you may have seen him in Rogue One. He was on Sons of Anarchy. He was in Dexter. Um, his first film or TV credit is Miami Vice. Um, Also, he's been recently on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, How to Get Away with Murder. This year, he's actually 63, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, Most people probably don't know that Jimmy Smits was originally wanted for David Crusoe's role, and he turned it down. I kind of wish that that had never happened because I don't find first season um, to be very good, and I feel like the show really becomes fantastic once Jimmy Smits starts. So how I'm going to do this is there's going to be a recap of the entire episode. We're going to talk about famous faces that are seen in it. And then we'll talk about any kind of social or political issues that might come up in the episode. Starting the recap with the cold open, Sipowitz heads into the locker room with a plastic bag, which contains reading glasses, stops at the mirror and puts them on, and he's got a look of disgust. And annoyance. Um, as Simone comes in, he hides them, which is pretty characteristic of Sipowitz. When Simone comes in, he greets Andy, and Andy greets him in turn. Andy leaves, and Bobby crosses off Kelly's name on the locker and writes his own name in. Based on how they felt about David Crusoe um, after reading the NYPD Blue book, that talks about the making of the show and also some of the cases that inspired some of the episodes. I'm wondering if that was kind of the writer's way of giving just a little jab at David Crusoe and letting them know they were <clears throat> much more pleased to have Jimmy Smits on board. Getting back to the episode, Fancy comes in um, to the precinct and Sipowitz corners him and says, this is not going to work with the new guy. His attitude's all wrong. Fancy asks what happened, and he said, he asked me how it was going. To which Fancy tells him, you know, you're the senior, and you need to, you know, get him acclimated to the precinct and make sure he's comfortable and just show him around. Fancy knows Sipowitz, and he knows that he is going to have a hard time with any kind of change, and he's hoping that getting them to spend some time together will lead him to get comfortable and then accept uh, Bobby Simone. A homicide comes in 
uh, is called in to fancy. And while this is going on, Jimmy Abruzzo from the 2-7, Adrian Lesniak's former boyfriend, comes in. He's drunk. He's getting loud. He calls Donna Abandondo a bitch. He says that he has a gun and wants Adrian to talk to him. So he gets her up and starts marching her out of the um, squad room. And Adrian shoulders him to try to startle him. Fancy grabs him. Sipowitz goes for him and is thrown, shoved back into a file cabinet where he hurts his back. Simone tackles him. Adrian is saying he's from the 27, he's on the job, and Fancy says he's a collar. So they get him under control, and he ends up going to Bellevue on a 72-hour hold, and Sipowitz and Simone head out to the homicide, which is at 13 and 3rd. After the theme song... Simone and Sipowitz are outside the precinct heading to the homicide that was called in at 13 and 3rd. And uh, Andy asks Simone um, where he worked. Simone says, I worked for intelligence. I drove the commissioner. Uh, Andy asks him if he got any grade promotions for that. And um, Simone says yes. And Andy says, that was nice. Simone, once they get to the crime scene, tells Martinez to have the uniforms run license plates. You can tell he's taking over um, the scene really quickly. He's, you know, doing crowd control. He's asking for some cones to be put up. You can tell that Sipowitz is letting him kind of run the show to see how he's doing. They find the DOA who has three shots to the chest, and the DOA's name is Raymond Alphonse Matarano Jr., and apparently his dad is a mob guy. They found that he there was another bullet shell on the uh, ground. So while they're speaking to the super of the building, he says that uh, Ray Matiano Jr. would come and see Paula Anderson, who is in 2C, and she's a model. While they're talking to the super, a woman comes out shouting, my mother's been shot. They go in. Simone sits down with the woman after realizing that her mother, who's 82-year-old, Mrs. Savino, she is DOA. And what happened was a stray bullet came through the window, and you can see the bullet hole right in the window. Simone is very good with the daughter, um, very kind and compassionate, and Andy is watching everything that's going on, taking a backseat again so he can see how Simone works. While this is all going on, Fancy's back at the precinct with Lesniak, and he's checking on her. He asks her if she wants to go home for the day, and she says no, she wants to work. And he ends up telling her, just think about how you feel, and if you change your mind, you know, you can go home. So they get back to the precinct, Sipowitz and Simone do. And Sipowitz goes in to brief Fancy on what's going on. And he says there's no witnesses. Um, they found nothing on canvas. It's a mob family. And, you know, they have organized crime coming up and intelligence because of who um, his father was. After briefing Fancy, Sipowitz goes back out into the squad room where Simone is on the phone talking very loudly about a blue-barred cock, saying to someone that you can't bring around that blue-barred cock. Everyone is staring at him, including Sylvia Costas, the ADA who came in um, during this time. Bobby notices everyone staring at him and says, I breed birds. 
racing pigeons. It's a little bit of lighthearted, you know, um, scene just kind of, you know, coming off of two DOAs. So Costas says to Sipowitz, tell him you raise fish. And Sipowitz, of course, not wanting to get any more familiar with Bobby than he already has, says, uh-uh. They find out that the model is working on 7th Avenue, so Simone and Sipowitz head out to meet her. The detectives walk into the set in the middle of the shoot, um, spoiling the shot, and they're looking for Paula Anderson. And this is uh, Alicia Coppola, and she has been in a lot of TV shows. She has no relation to Francis Ford Coppola, but she's been in National Treasure. She was on Shameless. She's been in Code Black, Sons of Anarchy, just a lot of, um, a lot of different shows. She's a, you know, pretty hardworking character actress, and I think you'd recognize her face if you saw her. So they're interviewing her, asking her how she knows Ray Marturano, and she says that they've been seeing each other for about three months. They partied last night. She left him at her apartment, and they tell her that he was killed and that also a tenant from downstairs was killed. And she asks which one, and they say Mrs. Savino, and she seems much more upset and concerned about Mrs. Savino than she does about Ray. So they take her to the precinct so they can question her further. It switches back over to the SWAT room where a second case has come in. Lesniak goes downstairs and meets a Mrs. Davis. She comes to ask that someone speak to her husband about what she thinks is inappropriate behavior with her daughter. She says she doesn't know what is going on, but that her husband for the last three years has been sleeping in her daughter's bedroom. Her daughter is now 14. And that it started when she was little. He would go in there for about 20 minutes and help her with her prayers. But over the last three years, he no longer sleeps in her bed. He sleeps with the daughter. So Adrian asks if she has asked him what is going on. And he said no because she said no because that would be an accusation. So she asks if she's asked the daughter, Allison, if or what is going on. And she says no because she's a child. And Lesniak tells her, you need to bring in your daughter. So Sipowitz and Simone take Paula into the coffee room and they just question her about what's going on, whether or not Ray was um, getting along with everyone. And she said he wasn't really getting along with his friends or partners, but that she didn't have a whole lot of information because she wasn't seeing him that long. They ask Paula if she's seeing anyone else, and she says she works 12-hour days. She really evades the question. And you can tell that Simone and Sibowitz don't necessarily think that she's telling the truth about that. They offer her a drink, and she asks um, for a drink and then also for something to eat, like a yogurt. And Simone says he'll go get her one. And when they leave, Sibowitz says, I don't feed them until they give up the info. And Simone basically says, hey, we're not going to always agree on everything that we do, and we're not always going to have the same tactics. And he, uh, Sipowitz says, yeah, I would have hit her on the angle of the mob will give her a beating if she doesn't tell us. And Simone says, I'm coming from the angle that the mob will give the boyfriend a beating if she doesn't tell us who he is. And you can tell that Sipowitz kind of understands that might actually work. During this um, 
Bobby's going to head out and get the yogurt and uh, an attorney, Philip Fox, comes in and he is um, the Materano Seniors lawyer. And basically he's coming in to see if they have a uh, suspect so that the dad can kill him. And Sipowitz says, you know, I'm not going to give you any info because we know that you just want to take out the suspect before we even get a chance to, you know, arrest him. And he sends him away. When Bobby comes back from going to get the yogurt, Mrs. Savino's daughter is outside the precinct. She has info on a truck um, they'd seen nearby, a black truck, and then she also had the license plate number. And Simone ends up telling her, you know, I'll take the info, but most likely it won't be the person we're looking for. And he just tells her that he understands that it's hard to lose someone that you love, and especially like this. And he's really just caring and kind with her, and you can tell that she appreciates it. As he's heading up the stairs and into the squad room, Donna introduces herself to Bobby, and she definitely um, has hard eyes for him. She's checking him out, and Medavoy notices it. They end up um, getting background on Paula, they find out she's from Elizabeth, New Jersey. She was seeing a man who hauls bricks. Apparently, they were a heavy item from childhood. So they question Paula again, um, ask her if she has a boyfriend. They tell her that the mob will kill someone, you know, if in retaliation for the son being killed. And they get her to understand that this is a serious thing and that... Um, this person that she loves was better off with them than he is with them finding out who he is. So you can tell the whole time that Sipwitz is still taking a back seat so he can watch Simone work. So Simone does all of the um, interrogating in this portion. Paula ends up giving Patty Perkins, who is someone that she's been dating since she was 11 years old. So they go pick him up at his work, and he comes along. Um, he's very cooperative. He's, you know, very nice. And it's Tim Quill, which I remember him from a movie called Listen to Me with Kurt Cameron which um, and Jamie Gertz, which I really liked. It was about a debate, a debate club at a college. But he's also been in Hamburger Hill. He was in Argo. He's been on ER. He's been in a lot of things, CSI Miami, JAG. Um, and he does a really good job as this kind of, you know, innocent seeming guy from New Jersey that just loves this girl who, you know, fell in with this mob guy. So now they switch back over to Lesniak, who's interviewing the daughter, whose name is Allison, and she's 14. And Allison is very defensive. They ask her if her father is molesting her. She denies it. She um, is just very defensive, and they can tell that something is going on. They say they're going to bring in her mom. So when her mom comes in, she says, this cannot go on, Allison, and Allison is afraid she'll be taken away. And Lesniak reassures her that that is not going to happen, and Allison decides that she is not going to say and that she states she would rather go to jail. Lesniak tells her that they have to do something so they can stop this from happening. And Allison finally admits that her father rapes her and that it has been going on since she got her period. In the meantime, they're planning on going to pick up the father. 
now Sipowitz and Simone are interviewing Patty, and he's playing it cool with them. He's just um, stating he was, you know, in the tunnel during the time the shooting happened, that there was a lot of traffic, and he was late to work, and someone at work can vouch that he was late, and he um, just seems very unaffected by the fact um, that this Ray is dead, says he didn't shoot anyone. And then they bring up the fact that Mrs. Savino was hit by a stray bullet and killed. And you can immediately see that he is extremely affected by that. And it feels terrible. They can tell that he's the one that did this. Then they leave him to think about, you know, what happened. And they're going to come back and see him. Metavoy brings in Mr. Davis. He's using the car accident ruse that they use sometimes, that his car was involved in a car accident in Albany, and so they just need to talk to him about it. Mr. Davis is saying, I wasn't involved in a car accident in Albany. So they get him in the pokey room. That's the one with the cage. And Metavoy reveals the real reason that they brought him here, that he's been accused of molesting his daughter, and gives a speech about how being forthcoming will keep the situation under control. Mr. Davis says, maybe I should have a lawyer. And simple, <clears throat> excuse me, Metavoy says, you can do that, but then it goes to the DA and it's out of my hands. And he's talking to him about how being forthcoming may lead to counseling and help and Mr. Davis takes it that this means he's going to get out without any jail time and that this isn't going to be that big of a deal. So he decides to admit to everything and writes a statement. So Sipowitz and Simone come back and talk to Patty, who is sitting on the floor. And you can tell that he's distraught about what happened to Mrs. Savino. And so they say to him, we know you're a decent guy. We know you want to help us give some closure to this family that lost their mother. And so he immediately starts telling them what happened, that he's been in love with Paula since he was 11 years old, and that a friend of theirs um, from Elizabeth, New Jersey, saw them together, her and Ray, on 7th Avenue, and told him about it. So he came to her apartment because he wanted to confront him, Ray, and ask him to leave her alone. And so Ray saw that he had a gun and kind of reached out with his hand. And Simone and Sipowitz asked if there was a struggle, asked if he had his gun out. He said, no, it was just on my belt. And not really, there wasn't a struggle. And he said, you know, I shot him. And they leave it with basically telling him, if you remember there was a struggle, if you were to happen to remember that, please put that in your statement because they're trying to help him. They think he's a decent guy. So even though he accidentally killed Mrs. Savino, they are still trying to help him out, which is something that you see in NYPD Blue. If they think that the person is a good person who just made a mistake, they're more likely to help them craft their statement in a way that will get them less jail time. That's something um, that I've noticed. Uh, Dave, um, Mr. Davis is with Metavoy still, and after he finishes his statement, writing out his statement, Metavoy has him stand up and basically tells him, you're going to jail. You're, you know, a scumbag pervert. And he freaks out and starts saying, you tricked me, and then his sees his daughter, who's in the hallway, and says, don't forget, 
you know, what I told you, Allison, about basically about keeping this a secret. And his wife begins to scream at him and tell him, you know, you're going to jail and just let's loose on him. Then Sylvia is told by um, Sipwitz that they're going to go, he and Metavoy and Martinez and Simone are going to go out for a beer um, at Giorgetti's. And, well, Sipowitz doesn't drink. We know that. And they're going to go out just to get, you know, get to know him a little bit better. So it moves over to the bar scene where they're all talking. And they ask Bobby how he got into pigeons. And he said he, you know, he got into it as a kid and that they're great. They can go 500 miles. And they're a really, you know, fun pet that he's enjoyed and that he's taken them to Maine before and, you know, seen them come in from there. And they all made it back. Where, where Sipwitz then tells him, I race fish, saltwater tropicals, which, you know, if you're an OIPD Blue fan, you know this. That's his big, you know, his huge interest. And he tells them that his clownfish, um, male and female, have a nest of eggs and that the male cleans them with his mouth every day and doesn't break any and that the mother and father spend the whole day fanning water over them. And he asks if, um, in his usual Sipowitz kind of smart-ass way, have you ever seen pigeons do something like that? And Bobby says, yeah, um, pigeons make good parents. And at that point, Metavoy and Martinez leave, um, say they've got to get going. And it's just Sipowitz and Simone sitting at the bar. And they're talking about what, um, what led him to work as a driver. If he, I think the entire time Sipowitz has thought that he was just kind of a lazy cop or maybe not so great of a cop because he was driving the commissioner around and that he took that position because it was an easy way to get a better, you know, pay grade as a detective. And he finds out that the real reason that Simone took that job is because it had steady hours and his wife was battling breast cancer and that she died a year ago, his wife, Mary. So that immediately changes Sipowitz's opinion of him. And you can tell because he turns around and invites him to go to dinner with him and Sylvia. And Bobby says, oh, that's okay. I'm going to go back and work on the fives, which is their reports that they do after um, their arrests. So they head, he heads back to the SWAT room to work on the fives. And then a bit later, you see Sipowitz come back after dinner with Sylvia and he brings Bobby some Greek food. And they are both um, working on the fives, and Andy puts on his glasses and says, I've got to wear glasses now. And that's how the episode ends. That's the intro to Simone. Um, I think it's a solid, really good episode with a a nice way to introduce um, him as Andy's partner. He's a good counterpoint to how Andy is. He's smooth, where Andy's kind of rough. You know, he's more sensitive. Um, it, it just looks like it's going to be a, a good partnership. And anyone who has watched the show knows that Simone is Andy's best partner by far. So this is my first podcast. I've never done it before. And I'm sure that I will improve as things go. Um, thanks for listening. And I'll see you at the next one.